Welcome to Force Points to the Point Cybersecurity Podcast. Each week, join Eric Trexler and Erica Pierce to explore the latest in government cybersecurity news and trending topics. Always covered in 15 minutes or less. Now, let's get to the point. Hi, and welcome back to To The Point Cybersecurity. So if you joined us last week, you heard the conversation that we had with um, Katie Arrington, the CISO for the Department of Defense for Acquisition. We're going to continue that conversation this week. And please continue to always join us every week and let us know what you think about our podcast. One thing is, I'm wondering, you know, certainly I, I think what you're doing here, especially in defense world, it's, it's, it's incredibly impressive. And obviously there, you know, as we talked about in the beginning, there is certainly a need that's driving the sense of urgency here. Do you foresee that across other agencies and departments um, in government, especially those that do deal a lot also with, with some of these same contractors, frankly, mm-hmm. um, do you that they will also start to roll out similar standards. And then second question is, it's a, a new decade. Where do you see, with this being rolled out right now, where do you see us, let's say, 2030? I know you've talked about 2025, but where do you see us in 10 years from now as we, as we roll out this now, starting with Department of Defense? Okay, so in I, I know other federal agencies are already looking at it. So the we are the you know I've got to work all the bugs out. Everybody listening to this podcast, Lucky you right? <laughs> yep. Li- listen, there will be problems. Like we will, I would rather. Of course, there will be challenges. Right, we will overcome them. You all keep forgetting. Like remember who we are. We are the people that put the man on the moon. We we can do this. <laughs> We're going to have our issues. We will stumble. I am sure. Um, but I do believe that um, as we roll out in 2020 and 2021, you're going to see several other federal agencies, large ones, uh, adopt the CMMC. Um, where I think this ends in uh, 2030, I think that the CMMC becomes, uh, well, uh, two things I know. In 2020, it is going global. So if you are in a, let's say, Canada or the UK or Australia, and you're in the manufacturing or you're part of our supply chain, you're going to have to get certified. We're already talking to our 5i partners. Um, and okay, if you go good. back in time, Back after um, World War II, when we started um, doing military standards, the mill spec about manufacturing defense products, at the same time we did that and NATO stood up, they had a NATO standard on what is basically what they defined as quality and safety in manufacturing. That when those two started to elevate, they came together and created something called the ISO, the International Standards Organization. Um, there The reason I took so many different, not I, our team, we, took so many different standards and put them into the um, CMMC is like ISO, International Standards um, uh, 27001. You'll see that in the model. I actually put that in there because our partners, our our allied partners are already doing a lot of this. Um, A lot of them have already moved out and they have their own cyber certifications. So we are working with them to do reciprocity, to meld them together. And I think CMMC will become a standard that will be used in a global environment in the very near future. Where I see it in 2030 is that um, much like now there are um, 
FINRA is a financial cyber certification. Um, companies have, uh, there's HIPAA um, for the healthcare, but I think it's going to get more robust with the CMMC added to it. But that will become the norm. And I, I hearken to say that I think cybersecurity insurance will become part of our daily language. Mm-hmm. Much like, you know, I, I love that. Car insurance, you know, we have home insurance, we have renter's insurance, business insurance. It, it only makes sense that I think that in 2030, um, one of the things we look at is cybersecurity insurance because we know, A, it will happen, but are you doing your due diligence to buy down the risk and buy up the uncertainty? That will determine your rates, but I think that that's absolutely where we'll be as a nation. I, I love that. Yeah, I, I love the reference to ISO. I hadn't mm-hmm. thought about it from that perspective, but it's something that needs to be built in from the beginning. We talk about that all the time. You know, in the industry, we keep spending more money and getting further and further behind the problem because, quite frankly, it's easier to steal it than to build it. Oh, yeah. And why, why fight it if you can just break it, you know, via cyber, changing the plans back to your point? But having it as an industry standard, something that's just built in. And, and that's, sense. you know, when we think about most of our weapon systems, right, they're, they're 20 to 30 year legacy systems, right? So we have to get good at what we're doing now. And by just shoring up and, and you know, the, the simple stuff, which, you know, it's um, Occam's razor, you know, always the, the simplest and easiest solution, like you always go to it. If I could get our industry to do something like update their passwords, and don't tape them to their computers, which would be really nice because I can't. I play this game in airports where I see people's passwords taped to their computers drives me crazy. Uh, if uh-huh. I could have people actually activate and maintain their antivirus software, that would be you know basics, basics, right? Yep. And do a company wide don't open an email you don't know. Notify us if if we could just do those simple things across the board we would drastically reduce the amount of exfils that go on. And then we could take those resources and put it to more R&D, that we can put those resources back into our country's economy, our defense um, industrial base, and, and really go back to basics. I mean, this is what it, it's, it's not about, you know, uh, getting rich. It's about doing the right thing because I'm a strategic thinker. I'm long-term. I need that small business in, you know, Dubuque, Iowa to be there because if I'm developing a weapon system with them, I've got a 20 year life cycle. I, I need you to be there in 20 years. I want to make sure that you have the right investment, that you have, you know, the standards that you need to do business. And cyber is one of them. And, and we've defined quality and safety really, 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 really good in this country. I mean, we do an amazing job. Mm-hmm. The aeronautics industry has shown us when there's a safety issue, they share that information because it is, it's, it's important to people's lives. We have to get that way about sharing security threat intel so that we can protect ourselves because we really are in a whole new realm of, of business espionage um, and, and cyber attacks. And we have to get there. And it's because, you know, there's no, um, what is it? There's no I in, in team. It's, you know, with, with 90% of our data living on our partners networks, it's a we thing and we have to work together to solve it. So I, so I have a question, Katie, for, uh, I'm jumping in on you, Erica, sorry. In, I know. Yeah, totally <laughs> the, the cost of certification being a considered and allowable reimbursable mm-hmm. cost, 
how are we looking at that from a budgeting perspective? I mean, are we plussing up the DOD budget? Are we just going to do less? Are we pulling it out of future savings where we're not going to have uh, our intellectual property stolen? Or in the example you gave, which I don't think a lot of people think about, we're not going to have our product, um, you know, uh, miss, miss, uh, you know, configured by an adversary who mm-hmm. logged in one of our systems. How do we pay for that? So we're, we've gone through the first initial um, ones that we're talking about um, doing. We're working with the PMs to ensure that there's the, the cost. And, you know, doing some cost analysis and cost realism has been something that we've really been focused on. Um, I'll say that, um, uh, you know, we have been working with all of the, the right federal agencies to make sure this happens, then we have the money. Uh, the big one is OMB. They have been very gracious to us to understand, you know, the cost. But we, we kind of need to take one step back, right? So if you're a company, right? right now and you have DFAR clause 252.204.7012 and you are touching CUI, you've already- CUI. CUI. Controlled unclassified information. Right. right. You have been attesting that you're doing all 110 controls of the NIST 171. Have you been doing that for yeah, we're free? All, we're all lying to you. We're I all know. lying. So, it's not lying. It's just they, they don't. So we've been working with the PMs to make sure that the right, the cost realism is there. Um, the Navy has leaned in, you know, um, the, the Air Force has leaned in already with cyber requirements and their contracts and they're, they're understanding that they're paying for those. But the challenge is that once again, you know, I, I, I say that it's, it's, you know, I came from being a contractor. I mean, that's where, you know, I cut my teeth in DOD. And right. what but, you know, we haven't, you know, DOD unto itself didn't realize, and that's why the CMMC is so important, is that companies generally don't work with just one branch of service, right? They're working with them all. And when you have one set standard for Air Force or one set standard for Navy, it is financially a burden for companies to have to go out and, you know, meet that criteria or this criteria to be doing the work. The CMMC unifies that. Therefore, it will reduce the cost. A, for industry to get to get certified. It's a one time, once every three years you get certified. We're going to build it into the rates so we understand the cost. We make sure that the industry is getting, you know, paid for what we're asking them to do because that's how business works. And then the the fourth part to that is that we're going to come back and continually audit to ensure that industry is where they need to be. But no, we've, we've, we've done our budgets. We've looked, um, this year, our budget came, you know, the, thankfully Congress just passed our budget this past, you you know, what, two weeks ago, we're rocking and rolling and we have the resources. And I will say that Congress did give us plus ups. Um, to make sure that we, we did this correctly. So um, our friends in, uh, you know, the legislators uh, did us a huge service. They, they plussed up a lot of areas and appropriations that we didn't ask for, knowing that this was coming. And our PMs and PEO shops have been working diligently with us over the past year to make sure that we could get to where we need to be. Outstanding. Definitely. Yes. <laughs> if you actually well, Katie, look, I, go ahead. No, go ahead. Please I was just going to say the government, when, when we have a common interest, right, we can do great things, but it's, you know, the, the CMMC is, is not, you know, uh, a Katie Arrington thing. This really is about those 300,000 businesses, but moreover the 290,000 small businesses that are the bread and the butter. They are literally the bedrock of this nation. 
and ensuring that they're there for the long term is the most important thing for us because, you know, people that volunteer to sign up to serve this nation and, and put the ultimate sacrifice on the line for our freedoms, we have to ensure that they're having the absolute best behind them. And I can't think of anybody in the world that I would not want um, working within our industrial base right now on that team, doing the right things and, and giving them the capability to be as secure as possible. But know that, you know, just like uh, when, you know, we came out with the ISO standards, when you went to work on a manufacturing line 75 years ago, no one told you to put goggles on. No one told you to put a hard hat on. It's because the threat changed, how you protect yourself changed, and that's where we are today. We typically have guests, and, and I usually ask the question, you know, how do we fix this problem? And, and the problem is really the cyber problem, right? Mm -hmm. Intellectual property theft, uh, malware, you name it. And, and we never really get a what I'll call a satisfactory answer. I can tell you that I truly believe CMMC is going to be the biggest driving force in the U.S. economy, if not the global economy one day. On, and helping us secure our infrastructure, helping us secure our businesses. It's the most, you know, when, I, when I look at it, it's the most practical, most capable strategic level effort to actually help us stop losing to all of these adversaries who just want to take information or put us out of business, whatever it may be. To me, this has the most promise. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I look at it like when we originally started driving cars, there weren't any rules or standards and people were all over the place and banging into each other. Once we all agreed that, okay, these are the standards. This is the test that you've got to take to make sure that you can drive. Everybody did it and, and traffic deaths, you know, granted there, they'll never be perfect, but that's how we function on freeways, right? We all understand the risk. We're mm -hmm. certified to be there. And we're audited by insurance to ensure that we're doing the right things every day. It's, it's, it's that practical, that easy. Um, and, and I thank you for your, your kind words, but know that this is a, just a, one little piece of a bigger puzzle. I, I look at um, the CMMC. Um, if you look at um, after World War II, uh, well, sorry, World War I, how we got different is because warfare changed, right? Our adversaries started drinking, digging trenches. And to combat that, our ingenuity came up with a tank. A tank moved the warfighter to the to the, the trench. And I look at cyber war as a trench, and I think that, you know, a part of that tank is the CMMC. I think that there are things that will be coming along down the pipeline that'll help businesses even more, but I do see it as a, an essential part. I would say that the wheels or the, or the tracks to make the, the cybersecurity tank work. Well, I certainly don't see it as a product, which is what everybody, customers, industry, mm -hmm. they, they seem to think like this whiz-bang product is going to change the world. I can't think of a single product out there that even has a shot. I love the approach. I don't know what you think, Erica. No, I, I absolutely. I, I, <laughs> I think certainly the work that you are doing um, is, I mean, it's incredibly impressive. Obviously, we need it. And I think we're going to be better um, as a government with it. So just <laughs> and, good and, luck. It's well, a lot. Thank you. A lot. But, <laughs> so the listeners to your podcast, one of the things I would say, right, is that we are one of the areas to really help us help ourselves is that we understand that most small businesses, 
if they need to be CMMC3, which is, you know, basically the instantiation of the NIST 171, that we That's totally... level three, Katie? Yes. That okay. they will need cybersecurity as a service products. They absolutely, that, you know, if there's a product company out there, look at the most recent CMMC model. Tell us, you know, shoot it. There's a website on the portal, um, an email on, address on the portal you can submit. Tell us what areas your product sell, solves, right? We need to hear what industry is already doing so that we can help um, marry that up to the right people. Like if, you know, your company works on endpoint software or you have a product company that may solve this problem, please let us know. I mean, that's why we've tried to do the our, our, our are do best in getting information out there, but I can't, you know, ingest enough technology. And this whole idea of as the threat changes and we are able to share security information with each other as new products come online, as the threat evolves, the CMMC becomes the way that small businesses can communicate with each other and say, okay, well, you know, hey, I've had this problem. This is the product that I purchased, um, you know, software license or this capability because that's where we're going to get the innovation to solve these big problems. So know that this is not a, you know, you get certified one day and you're done. Understand that this has got to become, you know, your daily practice to, for survival, right. right? It's hygiene. It's part of what we do. It's you brush your mm -hmm. teeth, you take a shower, you wash your hair, hygiene. This is every, every day, day you have to be diligent about this. Well, thank you, Katie. I, I know you're a very, very busy oh. <laughs> woman, so I want to be respectful <laughs> of how generous you've been with your time today. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh, gosh. Thank, thank you. you for what you've done. Yeah, oh, I mean, it's a year. I know it's been a year. I'm going to go <laughs> home and give myself some shake and bake chicken tonight. <laughs> well, you know what, Katie? Nice. I, I do want to ask, Eric usually asks this question, but what do you do when you are leading such a huge endeavor? So what? how do you use your downtime and do you even have any downtime? <laughs> so I am I live in Charleston, South Carolina. I work in Washington, D.C. So when I'm down, I'm generally on a plane heading home. Um, and when I get home I have four grandchildren under three wow <laughs> yeah so I don't get a whole lot of downtime um, but when I'm it's those little those little people and it's remembering that um, and I I, I don't want to sound I, I come across as cheesy and hokey but I really am when I look at those four little faces I want them to have the same opportunity I did right that's that's mm -hmm. all I ask for is the opportunity to exceed and to, but I just have to have that the, the the capability to do that. So my downtime is, is spending it uh, trying to teach four people how, you know, through their parents to be good souls, but to ensure that they've got uh, tomorrow to go to. That's, that's we'll it, call man. it family time. Eight, we'll call it family time. And uh, I do love to get my nails done. Not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> spent a lot of time okay. with my manicurist. <laughs> I won't knock that. That's a good way to sometimes decompress. So. Amen. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for <laughs> inviting me. Thank you, server. Katie, so much. <laughs> thank no you, problem. Katie. Thanks so much and happy uh, work anniversary. Thank you. Take care. Wow. That was a great conversation. I hope you all enjoyed it. Please continue to tune in every week to To The Point Cybersecurity. We will continue to have great guests, such as our guest today, Katie Arrington. Um, again, thank you always as listings. And until next week, this is To The Point Cybersecurity. Thanks for joining us on the To The Point Cybersecurity Podcast, brought to you by Forcepoint. 
For more information and show notes from today's episode, please visit www.forcepoint.com slash govpodcast. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or the Google Play Store. 